Hello and welcome to Healthbeat Poets podcast. I'm Helen Shepherd, a poet who's worked as a midwife and writes about birth, health, the complexities and joys of caring and those whose voices are often unheard. Healthbeat Poets, for your podcast pleasures, are the spoken word poets who connect with communities around health, expect fantastic stories and exceptional poetry. And today, for your pleasure, I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome Pauline Seawards to share their take on poetry and health. Welcome, Pauline. Oh, thanks for that lovely introduction, Helen. Um, It's a real pleasure to be here today. It's going to be so exciting, the things we're going to talk about. I'm going to introduce Pauline. She has two published poetry collections, most recently Spirograph, published Spending Eye Books in 2020. She was co-editor of Magma 74, The Work Issue, and has helped to organise live poetry events, including Satellite of Love in Bristol and Torriano Meeting House in London. She works in healthcare. Now, when we write from places of passion and trauma in isolated spaces, we need a circle of fresh inspiration, critical feedback and someone to mark our rejections and successes. Pauline is one of the best people I have have in my inner circle of support. In fact, you can see me waving. No, you can't see me waving. A copy of Spirograph. Her most recent book explores patterns in life and language and champion of humanity in all its frailties and recovery. Welcome, Pauline. We're really excited to hear about your take on poetry and health. Can you tell us why poetry? It's fragmented. It's something that you can hold in your head. People of people are busy um, in their working lives and in their lives outside work. And I think, you know, if you think about it, our lives are like a collage of various different things all happening at once. And um, to me, poetry is a way of making sense of it. Personally, I would love to write a novel, but I feel that that is um, for a time, I don't know if this time will ever come, when there's more space and more time for reflection. But in the meantime, sort of like hurtling through life, I have little snatches of, of embryonic poems in my head. You know, I think they're also, poems are also things you can pass on to people like a gift. That's a brilliant idea. Each poem being a gift that goes out on the ether and gets picked up by people. Poems appear in the most unlikely places, don't they? On the underground, buses, on walls of notorious buildings, some of them. Yeah, that's really true. I love the poems on the underground. You've got a lot of poems that are anthologised, doctor's uh, uniform pocket in the (laughs) NHS book. The anthology is really useful, isn't it, for showcasing loads of different poets. What do you think makes a good anthology? Well, I think it's the cutting across time. You know, lots of different voices together. 
you know, so in the NHS book, these are the hands. You're next to, maybe not directly next, but like um, just off the top of my head, like Michael Rosen and Seamus Heaney. You know, and I've got a book downstairs called Poetry of Birds. It was actually, I think the editor was actually Simon Armitage, but oh. it's got loads of poems about birds from different eras. It's kind of like the idea of like a flock of poems in the book and just cutting boundaries and time. And I suppose, you know, like we're so, you know, recently so confined to our online writing connections that people have. The online uh, writing groups and events has really taken off, hasn't it? Where you can meet poets and writers from all over the world. So exciting. Yeah, it's it's like somebody's got a packet of seeds and just sort of thrown them out and jumbled them up. (laughs) Yeah, it does feel like that's exciting times. We both Mm. write about people in our care, family, communities and work. Now, your writing is packed with fascinating characters, with realness, vulnerability and strength. And I'm just wondering if you could tell us how you navigate between showing their truth and not appropriating their stories. It's a really tricky one, isn't it? It is really, really difficult. I think as uh, nurses, we have a professional code of conduct to have confidentiality and that is really important to me you know I've when I hear people who've been in confidential situations sort of breaking that confidentiality I'm really shocked also I want to kind of tell the stories to kind of get at the to kind of honor people's experiences so I guess I'd just use a composite character really take a little bit of somebody's characteristics or um, mix them together yeah lovely what sort of characters do you have you written about I mean I know your book pack with really interesting strong women also a lot of vulnerability oh thanks I've, I've tried to um write about work like work colleagues as much as like the people that I've cared for at work and just the situations just the general you know stepping back from characters to the sort of general conditions and and changes you know I've also written about family as well I I wonder sometimes, you know, it's a springboard really for writing about a situation. So it might not be as literal as it seems. And I think like writing about yourself when there's an I character in the poem it may be more the apparently apparently confessional you literal. manage to write about work in so many different ways from the burnout as healthcare workers and the needs of client groups um recovery you know from any changes and tough times you handle it so beautifully how did you feel about writing about work in your poetry well it's funny most of the writing about work I've done is um you know just when actually at work but when it's stopped like maybe on a training day or something so there's a poem um I've got a poem in one book which is about meditation or I've written a few things about meditation so I think we had quite a lot of when we used to have face-to-face training we had quite a lot of training on that because mindfulness which you know I think is a laudable thing but it was also kind of given as a silver bullet for 
everything um being cynical you know there's cutbacks but let's let's uh, offer some mindfulness classes <laughs> so you know i spent a lot of time training for mindfulness and i wrote some poems from that and i suppose being less flippant like traumatic situations that occurred at work I would always go and write about it I mean I think I've got like lots of poems from lots of writing from before I thought of of myself as somebody who wrote poetry just like going like being very new to the job god say I work in substance use but that is kind of kind of an odd thing to say but when I was very new to the job um, somebody who was, you know, a really wonderful young man actually committed suicide. And I just remember feeling like so helpless that that should happen. And I kind of didn't expect it, I think, because I'd moved from working more in mental health to the uh, sort of addictions field another word for it and it was kind of very much I mean I think developed problems with their substance use it's partly through the way that society treats people who use substances and the way that some some substances are legal and some aren't you know that's whole one whole thing of it but I think you know without doubt a lot of people have got have had traumatic experiences you know, there are regularly people who, you know, act out as a result of that. So there is a sort of high, higher than usual suicidality amongst the population. But I think when I went into it, the sort of um, zeitgeist at that time was very much people actually, people aren't ill, kind of non-pathologising people's use, you know, which is really a good way of not stigmatising it. Yeah. Uh, um, just looking back I was quite surprised you know or shocked that that happened to this young man and I realized the kind of complexity and you know it's like being back back on the mental health ward again. Yeah absolutely we we all have very complex lives and thought processes don't we and it's really interesting because a lot of the poets that I've done podcasts on in this series have really mentioned trauma and creativity and they're mm. so enmeshed together aren't they yeah i think so um i think a great thing to be able to have that outlet of writing mm. um and it might just be for very trivial things that have happened that are annoying or just um, you know, just as a way of planning things for the future, yeah. or it can kind of can go down into layers, really. You know, and I'm sure people have different creative things. I mean, like I know you've just got into drawing, which is very envious about. I think it, um, times have let us take a little bit of risks, maybe because life mm-hmm. feels a risk. And certainly the women, the women you write about are definitely taking risks in their lives. And women and work threads through your poetry for all generations. How have you found their stories and managed to bring them into poetry? Because there's an element of uh, research and ancestry and looking at social history. I find it fascinating in your poems that I step into oh. other worlds of women. It's- I had a kind of light bulb moment about quite a few years ago like 
not not quite 10 years ago I, th- I don't know what sparked it I think I saw some an old photograph that I'd never seen and I realized that there was this kind of mystery about a family which was not I think it was something I'd heard about people talking well my mum talking about tracing family history and like listening to her and being sort of like semi-interested but really it kind of washed over me but there was just something about this photograph which was so mysterious and exciting and it's actually a a picture of my um, great-grandmother and her grandfather from my father's side and they're both dressed in black and they look quite stern and then when you look at them closely uh, the woman has um, a jackdaw on her shoulder and um, I've read that um, a jackdaw is a sign of a witch so I kind of and I found some writing about her um, somebody had done some research and apparently she used to tame a jackdaw every year so that's just an, an example of what what kind of fascinated me and I thought like all this time you know like when I was a kid I used to read like young adult detective stories and things like that and I used to think oh god it's so boring I mean you grew up in East Anglia partly didn't you you know and it's um it's a wonderful part of the world but everybody thinks their own um childhood is a bit boring and it just felt like they could be you know and I thought oh god there was a mystery under my nose all the time (laughs) so it's almost like the poetry is like this great magnifying glass I've taken to it and all I have is like little fragments I've got the photographs I've got birth certificates and things that you can kind of piece together but the other thing that is hugely in common is like if you look on the census returns and things it's um, domestic servant domestic servant you know, so women at quite a young age leaving their family home, just going into another household and just yeah. working so hard, you know, as, as my mother did, like the age of 14, 15. Yeah, my family all came through serve, being in service. Um, yeah. It makes for a strong, strong women in the families. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They must have done a lot of physical work. Yeah, I can't imagine how. Well, I suppose like, um, you know, it's the equivalent of people having to work on minimum wage in a fast food place, isn't it? In one way, but in another way, it's very, very different because of the very hierarchical nature and that it would be someone's whole life they wouldn't really go and live somewhere else they'd have a little room and they'd be probably be at the beck and call all the time yeah it's still very similar in service industries today isn't it very Mm. very similar i think this is a perfect time for you to share one of your poems okay well the thank you the poem i've uh, chosen it's actually just it's a short poem and it's going back to talking about work this is sort of modern work so I'll just read it and hope it's kind of self-explanatory because it's about work and trauma day's work side swipe on a Monday morning a sting in the ear phone call hit his brain 
like a poisoned dart. She's gone over, the voice told him through the static. Mad girl, she'd been running a risky duet with death for a decade. Complacency had set in. He thought survival begat survival. Somehow she'd come back from whatever party the weekend twisted her through. Not true. Bent through hoops, her heart beating in two directions, lungs drowning in their own secretions. One finger typing the TikTok datex all morning, grown man weeping, tattooed burly head in hands. No time to mourn the frail feisty bones, a litany of loss, a negative statistic, adverse outcome, tears wiped on his sleeve. Wow, goodness, that's extremely atmospheric. There was definitely a vision of Crow in amongst all that and beautiful storytelling, Pauline. Have you Thank got you. have you got any tips to share with people listening about how to start writing about characters and, and, and where they can kick off? Um, well, I think my main tip about writing in general is um, start off by free writing and start off by, you know, don't give yourself any expectation that it's going to be any good. Just give yourself permission to do it. And maybe if you're trying to write about something in particular, just hold hold the vision of that in your head. So if you're trying to write about a character, just hold them in your mind as you're writing and don't be afraid of write of what you're writing about. So if it sounds really stupid, just write it down. Oh. I think um I mean, somebody gave me a writing exercise once about trying to step in the shoes of a person. And I think it can actually make you feel closer to them just through that writing process, just letting yourself have a bit of free flow. But I think also, you know, these are all tied and tried and tried and tested tips sorry it's a bit of a mouthful but like setting yourself a time setting an alarm um you know maybe it's five minutes maybe it's 20 minutes but just you know it enables you to step out of time it takes the pressure off because you know that you're um you're not going to have to do it forever but that kind of makes you kind of step up to it you know so do that give yourself permission write as much as you can hope that you get into some kind of flow where you're not having to think about it too much put it aside and then go back to it and look and see where the energy is and I think I owe this to Helen Moore who's um, a really good writer an eco poet I think um, the exercise is quite a wide one but I think her a thing about circling where the energy is is uh, directly from her and I think you know I predict that it will be where you've written something weird that you weren't quite sure of those are the bits that when they turn into a poem people are going to say oh I like that bit yeah, yeah I totally agree with you Pauline about phrases that jump off the page 
that we don't know where they've come from when we've mm. written them. But that is excitement of writing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, Pauline, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you part of Healthy Poets. And um, I'd really like to thank you on sharing your take on poetry and health. It's been a real oh. pleasure. Thank you for inviting me and I can't wait to hear the, the other podcasts, Helen. Such an exciting series. Thank you. Mm -hmm.